Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Soul Sessions. Soul Sessions is a space where we want to explore questions of faith and have people share through their personal experience and stories the question of why they chose Jesus. Today, we're going to have Caitlin Jackson as our guest speaker. Caitlin's from Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Caitlin. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no worries. Um, so awesome to have you here. Um, so yeah, we're just going to dive in and um, we're exploring the, the topics and the conversation about faith mm -hmm. and talking about the, the personal relationship that we have with Jesus and why we chose our walk with Jesus. Um, and before we jump into that, mm -hmm. um, we can just start off by talking about yourself. Like, tell us who you are and yeah. where you're from, anything you want to share. Okay. It's always a really, like, awkward question. Just talk about yourself. Right. Um, <laughs> well, I'm Australian, so I grew up in Australia. Um, yes. I was born in Sydney, which everybody knows Sydney, Opera House, Harbour Ridge. Um, so I actually grew up in the suburbs, in the eastern suburbs, and then my parents are Salvation Army officers, so we moved around a bit. We moved out to the western suburbs of Sydney, mm -hmm. and I was there for six years, five years, six years. I was there for a while. It was kind of like age nine or 10 to about 15. Okay. Um, so that for me was like a huge growing moment of life of like kind of going through puberty, like figuring out who I am, figuring out who my friends are, what mm -hmm. I want to do with life. Had a really good group of friends at the church at the call we were at, mm -hmm. but really struggled with finding friends at school um, and just kind of figuring out like who I was at that age. So then um, in 2015, we actually, oh, sorry, not 2015, in 2009, we moved um, the end of 2009, beginning of 2010, we moved up to Newcastle, which is like two hours north of Sydney. It's okay. a beach town. Um, so it okay. is a big city, but it feels feels very much like a small town. Like everybody kind of mm -hmm. knows each other. So I uh, had to kind of figure out a whole new life. I'd just gotten myself sorted where I was. I had mm -hmm. a good group of friends. I'd kind of figured out like school and how to fit in there. Yeah. And then... We moved to Newcastle and everything was just kind of thrown on its head. Yeah. I struggled to find friends at church. I struggled to find friends at school. And you were a teenager at this point? Like yeah. Like you're in high school? Yeah. I okay. was 15, 16, 17, 18, all okay. the way up. Um, so didn't really have any friends at school. Didn't really have a friends at church. Um, so kind of just spent a lot of time on my own, kind of figuring out like what do I like in life? Um, and... Going back a little bit, when I was 10, mm -hmm. I watched the movie Peter Pan. It's a 2003 movie with Jeremy Sumter, Jason Isaacs. Okay. Um, it was actually filmed in Australia, so I'd kind of heard a little bit about it as it was being filmed. And I fell in love with that movie. And I loved the storytelling. I loved the colors. I loved the music. I was like 9 or 10 years old. I had a crush on the actor. Um, <laughs> so I decided that I wanted to become an actor, like acting would be my thing. Um, and so I'd spent all of my years of school, like going to acting classes, everyone else does sports in the morning. They go play netball, they play soccer, they play yeah. football. And I went and spent like three hours in a black box with 15 other weird kids just doing <laughs> the drama kids. Uh, yeah. It's totally drama kid. <laughs> it was definitely very much like drama kid vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I did. And so every time I moved, uh, and even when I couldn't find friends in a particular spot, I kind of always fell back to acting and like creating worlds in my own head, creating characters, mm. um, just 
enjoying kind of like living in my own world mm-hmm. um, and just enjoying, um, I don't know, just being different people or thinking about things from a different perspective or wondering, oh, if I was this person or if I was in this position, like how would I feel? What would I be like? Mm. Um, so I kind of was very alone, but I loved it because I just got to live in my own little yeah. world and just be an actor and dream about what would happen one day in the future. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was kind of like me growing up and then obviously I moved to America and now I have a job where I get to be creative every day. It's not quite what I expected myself to do, but I, I really sure. enjoy doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, so that is fascinating. I love to hear just more about where you come from and who mm-hmm. you are and kind of what your passions are and what drive you. Um, let's talk about like your faith and your mm-hmm. spirituality and in your growing up, like how did that play a part in in this whole narrative of like discovering like what you love to do? Yeah. I always grew up going to church, mm-hmm. um, always went to church with my parents. Uh, and then when they became Salvation Army officers, obviously we had to go every single Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was nine or 10, it was around the time that my grandmother died. I remember... Um, obviously being really traumatized by that. Um, mm. She had cancer and she'd had it for years and me and my sister didn't know because um, it wasn't necessary for us to know uh, until it kind of got to the end and then right. mom and dad said, hey, actually this is kind of what's going on and then a couple months later she'd passed away. And I remember just feeling really lost and it was a sense of grief that I had never, I'd never felt that before. Um And because I'd kind of grown up always thinking about things like, oh, what if I was like this? Or what if I was, you know, thinking about it from this perspective? Or if I could be this person, what would my life be like? I started thinking like, you know, we say we're Christians, but what if we're actually the ones who are wrong? Like, what if we're actually the ones who are believing this fake thing? Um, What if it's Muslims that are actually right about God? Or what if atheists are actually right and there really is nothing? Um, or there's no reason to believe in anything. And so right. I kind of just, at 10 years old, had those really scary, massive thoughts and didn't know how to ask anybody about it. Yeah. But I knew that we were always told, like, if you search for God, if you really seek him with all of your heart, you'll find him. Um, he'll answer you. And, and that's always been what I've been told is like, God will always show himself to you. He'll always reveal his plan. You just have to be willing to seek it out. And so I remember lying in my bed um, it was like one o'clock in the morning and I was like, you know what? I don't want to go to church if I'm, if I'm in the wrong, like, I don't want to keep doing this or keep mm. pretending to live this life. Mm-hmm. So God, if you're really real, like I need to know. And in my head, I gave him an ultimatum. Um, <laughs> I was like, Which I need I you. I think he would be okay with actually. Well, yeah. He's like game on. <laughs> yeah. So, and that's what it was like. And it's a stupid little thing. Mm. I don't share it with anybody because it just seems ridiculous. But I gave him this ultimatum of like, if you're really real, like I need this thing to happen. Mm. And within 30 seconds, it happened. And it blew my mind that I could ask for something and God would give it to me. Um, And I was like, okay, that's it. Like if you answered me, like this little 10-year-old girl lying in her bed at one o'clock in the morning who'd ask for something stupid, then there must be something more to life. And I'm willing to do what you ask. Um, So that kind of shifted everything in a good way because I very much like became dependent on God for a lot of things. And when I didn't have friends at school, if I didn't have friends at church, 
even with acting and what I thought could could happen with that it was always like God I'm going to do what you want whatever you want me to do in life I'm going to do it because you've been Mm. faithful to me it's now my turn to be faithful to you Um, but with that came this idea that whatever I asked for in life then God would give it to me like if I had been checking off all the boxes Mm -hmm. and I'd been a good Christian if I asked for something God would give it to me and um, I thought there's a verse in Psalm and it says um Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm-hmm. And I took that out of context. Yes. Which I think a lot yeah. of people yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely people do that. Because I, yeah. I thought like, okay, if I if I just go ahead and believe in God and check all the boxes, then he's going to give me what I want. So I really want to be an actor. Like, this is how I could evangelize to people. This is how I could witness to people. Like, this is what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. If you give me an acting role that's going to shoot me to Hollywood and I'm going to be this big actor, I will spend the rest of my life like professing how yeah. good you are. And I'll always thank you in my Oscar speeches. Like <laughs> I had all these grand dreams of like what I could these do. Bargaining things yeah. with the Lord. It was absolutely bargaining. Yeah, we all for, do that for sure. It was, and I did that for years mm. and it was always this back and forth battle of like, if I do this for you, God, then you can do this for me. And I'd hear him say, well, what if I want to do something different? And I'd be like, mm-hmm. no, 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 no. Like, like th- this is this is the best way. If I if I can do this for you, like if you can get me this role or if you can help me land this agent or if you can help me go to this school or like talk to the right person or like have a casting director walk past me at the shopping center and be like, hey, I need you for this movie. Oh my gosh, you're perfect. Like if you could put all those things in order for me, then I will do whatever it is you want me to do. And it was always a, you have to give before I can give anything back. Mm-hmm. And then we moved. I moved from the town where I felt most comfortable um, and we moved to Newcastle, which in hindsight was the perfect thing. Um, But kind of like my whole life had been stripped away. So I was like, okay, well, if I don't have friends at church, if I don't have friends at school, if I have this weird school schedule and I'm not kind of doing what a normal like 16, 17, 18 year old does, um, then it must be because like something big is going to happen with my acting. And God's like, okay, so let's start talking about it. So I started um, very much spending my time like looking into how do you hear from God? Um, How do I know what the right thing is? Like, how do I know what the next step is? And I started to hear him say, I have great plans for you that involve acting, Mm. but I also have plans for you to serve me in ministry. And in my head, I was like, oh, great. That means I have to become an officer just like my parents. And that's Ah, not at all what I want to do. So in your mind and heart, you translated that as officership. Yeah. 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 So and I I hated it. Um, So after I finished Mm -hmm. high school, my plan was that I would and what I thought Mm. was the right plan was that I would go to like one of the big acting schools in Australia and then I would land an agent and then I would start auditioning for professional things. And... I'd kind of been wrestling my last year of high school um, with the idea of like, actually that dream feels really uncomfortable and just feels wrong Mm. and scary in a bad way. And I couldn't figure out what that was because that had been all I'd wanted to do for almost 10 years. And God said, hey, if you give me some time and just kind of let me guide you for a couple of years and see what happens, Mm -hmm. I promise that it will be more than you could ever ask or dream or imagine. And Mm. I was like, oh, okay, let's do it. So I didn't go to a big acting school. I just went to the local, the local school yeah. um, and they taught us acting, singing, dancing, production, technical theater, film and television, how to write, how to produce, how to direct. Like yeah. they taught us a ton of stuff. 
And through that time, I started to think, wow, like it would be really cool if I could use all these skills that I have in a church setting, because I feel like for me as a creative, church can be very dry, Mm. can be very um, stagnant, and it can be a very uh, almost boxy feeling where it's like you read the scripture, you hear a sermon, you sing some songs, and that's it. Yeah. Like, where's the color? Where's the life? There's no creativity. There's no freedom to do things outside the box. Yeah. Or Mm. if there was, Mm -hmm. the quality was usually like, not that great. Yeah. It was not not that great. Top notch stuff. Yeah. So (laughs) I started to think, and I I started to have this conversation with God over those couple of years of like, what could I do? Like, how could I actually do this in church? So I started to find ways just to do it in my church. And I found that that was the most fulfilling creative outlet that I had like even though I was in acting classes and we did five or six productions a year like I loved those rehearsals but I felt energized and rejuvenated Mm -hmm. and like I felt like I came to life when I was doing my own creative projects for church Mm -hmm. um and so I started to look into like church jobs that could do that because I didn't think that they existed but apparently they do. Oh, absolutely. And it's a whole career, apparently. Yeah, yeah it's a whole thing. And I, I mean, it wasn't really a thing in Australia at the time. So I started to look overseas like, okay, well, if I was to do this, like, is there another Salvation Army somewhere that does? And um, that kind of just put me on a path to, to end up here doing what I do now. But yeah, I very much see like my dreams for acting and my journey with God intertwine a lot. And it was very much a struggle of like a, like a tug of war, like God saying, I want you to do this. I'm going to use your passion, but I'm going to use it in a way that's going to bring honor and glory to me. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I can bring honor and glory to you mm. if we go this way first. So mm. anytime I think, um, or even if I look at a big decision in life, I usually see that struggle of like, what does my selfish desire want? And then what does God want for me? Yeah. And if I go with God and I take delight in him, my heart will change. The desires of my heart become what he wants. It's not what I want as much. Um, so it's taken me like 20 something years to figure that out. And yeah. I'm still figuring that yeah, out, still struggling absolutely. with that. Absolutely. And it sounds like that's kind of um, like for me, that sounds like trust, like mm-hmm. you trusting in the Lord's plans yeah. and releasing yeah. and surrendering yeah. your own plan. Even though these are good things, these are things that I want for myself that God are well-intentioned, submitting them to the Lord and saying, these are still your things. Yeah. Um, And trusting that he will honor what you desire, but according to his plans for you. And are you disappointed? No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, have you, I mean, like, I'm sure that you have faced disappointments and Mm -hmm. challenges because Mm -hmm. we're not... Um, we're not immune to that. Yeah. However, you know, I think the fulfillment and the, like you're saying, you just feel that the Lord really just brought those things together for you yeah. in a way that's fulfilled your desires and yeah. your heart. And it is ongoing. Yeah. Um, I love that. And that's for me, like what I really want people to hear as well, because that's what journeying with the Lord means. Mm-hmm. It's it's coming to those crossword roads and saying, I desire this, but what do you desire? Yeah. You know, and, and, um, you know, attuning your heart to what he wants. Um, so, um, what was, what would you say? Oh, oh yes. I want to go back to something you said earlier mm-hmm. when you were talking about, um, 
I felt the Lord say, or he kind of had been speaking to you and mm-hmm. you kind of moved with a certainty almost mm-hmm. in a direction. Um, how did he do that? Like, how did he speak to you? Like, how do you know that like, this is of the Lord, like he's yeah. speaking to me because I struggle with that. Yeah. Um, I still struggle and I find that there tends to be like a pattern or a certain couple of things that all kind of work together to make me go, okay, I'm pretty sure this is what it is. There's still like an, there's always a sense of, of doubt in my mind. Um, and actually it was my great grandmother who said this one time, uh, and I was reminded of it a couple of weeks ago. She grew up saying and had always said to my family and, and had always shared like, sometimes it's hard to hear from God. There are certain things and I'll share them in a second. There are certain things that kind of point to this is what God is saying or this is what I feel like I need to do. But she said, sometimes it's just really hard to know what that is. So mm. when you get to those moments or even before you get to those moments or even as you're in the middle of those moments, if you can say, God, I think this is the plan that you have for me. So I'm going to do everything in my power to follow these steps that I that seem like they're right. And if it's not the right thing, I need you to shut those doors. I need mm. you to to put something in the way that's going to redirect me or put me back on the right path. Because if we're looking for that audible voice of this is what you do, like there are only a few people I think who've ever had that. And yes. I haven't. Yeah. Um, His name was Moses. Yeah. I was just thinking of Moses. But, in the but even bush. him, you know, he had a hard time <laughs> listening yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. for me, um, there's like a gut feeling. There's a sense of, If I need to change something, there's a sense of discomfort that comes that makes me go, okay, I need to pay attention to what this is. Um, And then when I start to figure out what the change is or if I start to go, okay, I have these two decisions, which one do I need to pick? Um, Or even if there's more decisions, but one of them will always bring a sense of like peace and calm. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll still feel scary. I don't think fear necessarily disappears. I don't think... um, like the worry about it kind of disappears, but there's just like this gut feeling of like, it's going to be okay somehow. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing is in the Bible, I often will either ask God, like when are there times in the Bible where other people have faced a similar situation? Mm -hmm. And I'll go back and read those stories or read those passages. Sometimes I even do just like, Today, I just need to hear something and you open it. And it may be that, it may not be that. But actually me moving over here, the day that I was offered the job and I kind of moved toward moving to Mm. the States, um, I opened up my Bible app and the devotion for that day was Genesis 12, 1, where it says to Abraham, you'll leave your father's country and you'll go to the land that I prepared for you. And... Just having that um, that reassurance from God that was so specific to my situation of you will leave your country literally and you'll go to the land that I have prepared for you was enough for me to, to change my whole life, mm. to pack it up, to go overseas. Um, and even now staying here, there have been so many times I want to go home, so many times. But I just have to remember, like, if this is what I feel like God has called me to, then I will do everything in my power to continue walking that way until he says it's time to stop. And if he says it's time to stop, then I'll stop. Mm -hmm. Um, 
But until that day comes, you just have to keep going. So if it's confirmed in his word, if I have a gut feeling, then I'm like 75, maybe 80% sure that it's the right thing. Then I just go ahead and do it. And if it's not, I trust that God will slam the doors in my face. And he yeah. does. Yeah. He absolutely does. Absolutely. Um, I think there is such a powerful feeling in knowing that you are a child of God mm-hmm. and that you walk on, you know, according to his plans and, un, you know, under the umbrella of his protection and yeah. his love. Um, what does, you know, like fast forwarding now, you know, you're here, you've made, um, you've made choices that have said yes to Jesus, right. Mm -hmm. That has led you to where you are now, um, to the, you know, the family that you have now. Um, I just wonder how has those choices of, you know, choosing Jesus, saying yes, stepping into those those callings, mm-hmm. how has that changed you? Like, what has that done to your faith now? Um, it's definitely strengthened my faith because I'm able to turn around and look at the past six and a half years that I've been here and then the few years leading up to it and see God's hand and everything. And even in the times where it was the darkest or I felt like I'd made the wrong decision or I'd felt like God had left me, I can still see how he's been providing for me or how he's been supporting me or what he's been teaching me through those times. Um, So there's a sense of even if I don't see it now, I know in the future if I continue this, if I continue to trust him and continue to keep walking along with him, that I'll see those fruits grow or Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll see them once they've grown. Um, for me now, there's a sense of if I've changed my whole life, like nothing's too big. I'm sure there'll be something that right. comes up at some point that feels incredibly scary, like I can't do it. But as a 20-year-old to say like, mm. yeah, I'm going to move overseas with no family and to a job that I don't know, to mm-hmm. a land that I don't know, to a, a community that I don't know and have no community for however many months I was here. Um, if I could do that and God didn't leave me, like I can do whatever he has coming up next. Um, and then there's just a a reassurance that he won't leave me, um, and that he will provide. And even if I, even if it's not what I expected, I'll still feel fulfilled and I'll still feel satisfied. And I'll actually find that I feel more, um, more in line with him and his heart than what I would have on my own. Oh, yes. Um, I love that. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, I moved here and now I'm married to a great man who also loves God and who also is like, I'll do whatever God wants me to do. So there's that reassurance of like, when you make the right decisions, people will come alongside you that also are in the same boat or that also have the same view on life. And then they can be that support person for you as you continue to keep walking, walking with God. That I absolutely agree. I couldn't agree more. Um, So, you know, just kind of summarizing, like, you have really lived a life of honoring God in your faith, in your faith walk. And so um, God also, in return, has honored you, and he's honored the the obedience and the love yeah. that you have for him. Yeah. And it may not look the way that you planned, right? Yeah. It may, the steps look different. Yeah. But it sounds like it was a better plan to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and going off that real yeah. quick, um, I had someone share with me 
a, a vision that they'd had for my life and it didn't make sense but now years down the track I can see it they said I see you with little fires and you're tending to these tiny little individual candles and as you tend to those individual candles a massive fire is burning behind you and it grows brighter and brighter as you spend more time so I think it's when you're when you're faithful with what God gives you um, when you're faithful with just the little things that seem to be in front of you or the little steps that need to be taken or even if they're a big step when you're faithful with what's directly in front of you God starts to work something out behind the scenes or behind you or that, that you can't see that's going to be even more powerful or more beautiful or more amazing for you because you've been honoring him with what you do have um and instead of just wishing like oh, i wish these candles were a massive flame when you tend to them they grow into that uh, and god brings more stuff into it as well beautiful picture i love that um caitlin jackson thank you You're for welcome. your heart for your love for the Lord and for your obedience and allowing him to move. Hi guys, thank you for tuning into Soul Sessions. If you enjoyed this interview, we ask that you like it and share it with others and join us for next time.